Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Annie. And uh, we got a great lineup again today. As always, we're going to start with our anime headlines, have a little bit fun discussion coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we'll finish off the episode with some of our car stuff. But uh, Manny, how you doing today, buddy? I am dead-ass tired still. Still tired. Yeah. Good weekend, then. Uh, good weekend, but also just results of the previous week of work and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys still got a little bit of a labor shortage going on, right? Yep, labor shortage. So me and my dad have been like doing 12 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. And sometimes even if it's not during business hours. So it's just us. Okay. Well, I guess that's uh, that's going to happen for a little bit while longer, right? Yeah, that's the possibility right there. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys uh, fill some positions pretty quick. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's kick us off with the headlines, Manny. What's going on? Yeah. So we have Shield Hero season two, and it was just announced that it's going to be delayed. Oh shoot! So originally, did they give a time frame or? Yeah. They no. They gave a time frame. So originally, it was supposed to premiere October twenty uh, October of this year, twenty twenty one, but it has now been delayed to April of twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah, so basically more over more than half a year. Is wait. this uh, another COVID delay? Because I know COVID's getting pretty bad in Japan again, right? It's getting really bad, especially since with the Olympics coming up, where they're entering a fourth stage of state of emergency for all of Japan, apparently. Yeah, they're locking down a lot of areas just kind of ahead of time to try to cap it before, you know? Before the Olympics, especially. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a huge source of uh, tourist revenue and income coming in. Yeah, that's that's what they're concerned about is if they're just going to have like the Olympics with no spectators or they're not too sure what's going to happen right there. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the loss of revenue is huge just for the city in general cuz most of the time these these cities I, invest a lot prior. Yeah, well, it's not the cities that invest it, it's more of like the Olympic organization gives the funds to this to the country so the country can diverse the funds throughout the cities and everything so they can build stuff for the Olympics. Okay. That's kind of the idea, but sometimes most of the shit just gets but pocketed. But I, I doubt a lot. I doubt the funding that the Olympics give is everything. You know what I mean? No, that's what I just said. Most of the shit just gets pocketed, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, even if it didn't get populated, they're not no, building pocketed. the whole... I, I understand, yes. But it doesn't mean they're that they're, it's even if they didn't, it's probably not enough money to build the whole stadiums and things like that, you know? There's a ton of investment from the government side to build into that because they're expecting return to come back in from money oh, coming in. Oh, yeah, definitely. In. So that, yeah, that'd be a big hit for them. Another another controversial issue that happened with the Olympics for Japan, but apparently uh, families and parents, even if they're under for the underage uh, athletes, won't be allowed to be there present so it's just or be able to be at the Olympics for their children or anything that are uh, participating. Really? What's that? Why is that? Uh, it just like COVID was the excuse and a bunch of other stuff, but who knows really? Yeah. Okay. So maybe they're just limiting limiting the amount of people coming in. I mean, I would expect that more from the spectators, but not like families and stuff of the actual athletes, <coughs> especially if they're underage. Yeah, no, I get that for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. 
Ike's well. I mean, that kind of that really sucks. Yeah. So, what's the other update for anime? Uh, the other update I have right now is for anybody that's well, a lot of people are, but for everybody that's like a big fan of Demon Slayer, so they are going to have an announcement for Demon Slayer of season two. It's not an announcement. It's not a release date. It's an announcement. So, July thirteenth. 7 p.m. Japan time, which is Tuesday, July 12th. No, wait. Today's the 12th, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Ah, okay. So, basically the same day, July 13th at 3 a.m. Pacific time Pacific time is when we'll be able to see the announcement if we wanted to, in case it's being live-streamed or something. Well, so this release is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The 14th. Yes. <laughs> we might be a little bit late. Yeah. All right. Well, hindsight. <laughs> but either way, most of the people that don't know, maybe they can just look it up after. Yeah. So this is an announcement that they're making an announcement. An announcement for possibly the release date and more information about season two. Yeah. But it's the announcement for an announcement. Announcement that there will be an announcement. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. And for another update, I have... So, I mean, this heat's been, like, pretty much brutal so far. I'm, I mean, you have the easy life. You get, like, AC all day and everything. Loving and they, it. And they just complain about just walking outside and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'll continue to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I just wasn't like I saw I saw something really interesting about like now that we're like in the middle of the heat session for for the season or anything, um, and of course there is some animes that involve a winter setting in their show or the series. So I saw an article that was actually interesting about like some of the s like six animes in particular that give off a winter session or winter setting that can like you can, like, enjoy watching, like, to possibly cool down mentally. Okay. All right. So, to start off uh, on the list would be Laidbank Camp. Uh, I've talked about it a few times on the podcast in a few episodes, but I am I know for sure you haven't seen it or anything. Yeah, I, I glazed. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty much just, like, I can't remember if they were high school or middle school girls that just, like, the whole anime is basically a educational anime series dedicated to teach how you can like different ways on camping. Okay. In different settings, elevations, um, what like temperature settings as well, and what you can do about food, and just what a uh, wildlife or uh, preparedness and everything. And so, of course, camping people like to camp, especially more in the winter and everything. That I've seen actually. Spring. Spring too. Spring. Yeah, it's time. weird that I see a lot of people like more dedicated during the winter. I don't know why. Our winters aren't too bad. <laughs> True, but our heat is. Yeah, I mean, but I used to always go in the spring. Mm. And I used to be pretty avid about it. Like it, it was kind of like a traditional thing to do about three times a year in the spring. Yeah. I've yeah. only gone camping twice, honestly, and that was like years ago. Okay, okay. So, I mean, most of the time I just went, and if they did invite me, I'll just ask to see if there's a fishing spot, and then I'll go. All right, there you go. Yeah. 
So if anybody's interested, it's it's a pretty wholesome uh, series, laid back camp, um, lots of funny moments and everything. And it's honestly, it's like actually really educational on like camping uh, concepts and all that stuff. And so for the other anime is called Run with the Wind. It's pretty much just a drama. I never heard of it, so I can't give too much information on that one. Alrighty. Uh, for the third one would be White Album Two. Still not heard of that one either. Glad you vetted this list out, Manny. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> even if I did, I, I probably wouldn't have watched it because I, I just don't know it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for the fourth one, of course, though, it is a very great anime that I have seen. And probably a lot of people have already seen it as well. But it's called A Place Further from the Universe. A Place Further from the Universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, in that anime, it's like the concept of uh, these high school girls that like don't want to live the normal life, but like they want to achieve something, and not basically just go with regrets that they could have done something super big in their life. Some sort of something that like would be on someone's bucket list that they would you you would see people achieve at an older age, not a younger age, especially, and gain gain that life experience from that from those moments and everything. So in this anime, these girls all decided to go to Antarctica on a survey team. And, right. they're, and they're in high school, like I said. I yeah, yeah. So it, it's a it's a pretty big deal, especially because no one really goes to Antarctica. Yeah, you freeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it gets very touching and wholesome at the very end. Because one of the main characters, apparently in the past in the series, her mom died in, the, in, a, in an expedition in Antarctica. So it was just pretty much a more of a reason for her to go. Got it. All right. And for the fifth one would be Golden uh, Kamoi. Hopefully I'm saying it right. And for the sixth one would be Jinro. So if anybody's actually seen some of these animes, maybe give us a message. Tell us what you think about them and maybe catch our interest to see if we if we would want to watch it and everything. For the most part, also, if anybody's never heard of them, check them out. Let us know as well. All right. Let's roll us into our next one, Manny. All righty. And now for the time of nerd investments. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is one that we actually discussed. You know, normally you kind of uh, handle your the anime headlines. I'll handle the car ones. Mm-hmm. This is one that we both ended up stumbling upon uh, different articles, actually. Different articles, but not for the same thing. But it all happened generally at the same time. Yes, yes. So this was actually pretty interesting. As soon as you said it, I was like, dude, I was just about to tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So mine is more the low dollar, so I'll start with mine. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, any of the listeners that uh, listen to kind of our... Uh, our our friend our friends over at ninety one octane they they bring up a lot of stuff about uh bring a trailer and I think actually their latest episode if you guys want to go take a listen to that um they actually brought up about um uh basically the auctions and how some of these old JDM cars are starting to sell for some crazy money and and things like that right oh yeah potential money laundering just like you know the art industry kind of has always historically been you know what i mean it really is especially for that banana on the wall piece <laughs> yes I, I yeah i don't know that was just throwing throwing money at stuff it was crazy 
But uh, so oddly enough, we're running into that kind of in the nerd community. So I pulled up this article here. It is actually um, it's actually from Heritage Auctions. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's a big collector's website, basically. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely where you go for very, very pristine, high-end collector items. Mm-hmm. So this is a original Le- The Legend of Zelda Nintendo game, unopened. Uh, this is, you know, 1987, and it sold at the auction for $870,000. Yeah, <laughs> which was like a... Really, really, really big thing. I believe that was the record, right? Yes. So that was the record which previously beat out a Super Mario Brothers. That was uh Super Mario Brothers for NES. For that, NES, yes. That, uh, that took place at an auction earlier this year in April. Yes, at in April, and that sold for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And if we were, if we look at it more closely, it had a nine point four rainy on condition. Correct. Uh yes, I believe so. Actually, I don't have a source for that, but sure, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like, you know, it was kind of like a huge, huge thing, you know, because the Zelda was rated at nine point oh flat. Okay. So it was rated at nine point oh flat, and uh, if you're not familiar, basically the rating system is through ten, and it's for the condition of the game. Not all rating systems will go from through a ten though. But well, for this particular for this, yeah. one, yeah, it's rating through ten, and it's normally like a number, and then sometimes they'll tack on a letter value. Mm-hmm. So you could have like a nine point four, nine point three, A plus, A plus, A plus, double A plus, right? Mm-hmm. And and things like that. But this one was rated at a nine point flat. Yeah. So, Manny, you ran into something that literally just beat this now you know mind you this uh this zelda game was literally just done on the 9th yes. last last friday yes july 9th and it was sold at this price and broke a record mm-hmm. and this one was just sold over the weekend i believe at the same auction and it is the super mario 64 game for the nintendo 64 and of course, this one I had. Uh, this one was actually rated at a nine point eight on the water scale. A plus plus. I didn't see. They didn't have any. Red, like, I I pulled up a, another article on it that kind of had a a wealth of information actually. Oh okay okay. So yes, it was actually a um an A plus plus rating. Yes, yeah, so nine point eight. This A++. is like borderline pristine con- mint condition at this point for this rating that's been given and everything. Which is kind of weird. Like, did people really plan this shit out? Like, when like, like let's say like the first like the Super Mario game just came out, and he's like, oh, I'm not gonna open. It. I'm just gonna put it in a case and seal it. You know, for the 64, there might have been intention, because mm-hmm. the 64 is not that old. You know what I mean? It, it kind of was or Super Mario Brothers was already kind of an iconic game at that time. True. You know, True. it's not like. It's not like an original NES game where you didn't know this game was going to be the impact and iconic symbol that it is, yeah. you know? At, by N64, it was already, like, literally the thing holding Nintendo up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, one of its main things. It still really is. Yeah. Kind of like the Atari. Um, I just saw an article recently as well. 
coincidentally, since with all this craze that's going on for this shit. But apparently an Atari was actually donated to a Goodwill. And one of the employees took advantage of that and basically auctioned it off. And apparently it brought in big money as well. That's crazy. Yeah. So for this game, which we again, this actually broke the record of the previous Super Mario uh, price that sold for auction. Not just in game in general, I'm just talking about Super Mario games sold at auction. So with this game, it went for $1.5 million. Yeah, which which is, is what everybody's thinking is this has got to be bullshit. Yeah, it's literally almost unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, uh, you know, the N64 Super Mario Brothers is, it's not super old. You know, it's kind of like what I alluded to earlier is mm-hmm. that it's not like somebody bought it and said, oh, yeah, this is, you know, I don't even know if this game is even going to be worth anything right Mm -hmm. at that point it was kind of like super mario brothers was already a huge iconic game it was already it's not super old you know what i mean and they were super mass produced um i have here on my information that over 12 million of them were produced Mm -hmm. original copies not remakes not remastered not counting any of that stuff but originals there was over 12 million of them yes yes so why did it fetch such a high price? I have an example that's really funny that I just saw recently in an article as well. Okay. But apparently, and I'd have to double check to see if it was at the same auction as well, but a pristine physical copy of Skyrim, probably also mass-produced, as we all know, because it's a pretty well-known game, for the Xbox 360, sold for $600. That's really weird, because you can download that. For free. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was at a recent online auction as well. I mean, maybe he's trying to store it for something. Who knows? Yeah. He's, he's trying to play this game later on, and we'll be he'll be laughing at us in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was sold on Sunday, July 11th. Okay, so, but let me... Uh, let me give you a quick little, uh, I guess, uh, a quick little example here, right? Mm-hmm. So we have this uh, Super Mario Brothers for N64, 1.5 million. Now, let's say we do a 9.4 A-plus rating. Same game, sealed copy. How much do you think this one went for? And this is one that actually sold prior to this. It's not the one we talked about earlier, right? The 660? No, 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 no. The 660 was an original Nintendo. This is the exact same game as the N64 one that got 1.5 million. Okay, so when it comes to auctions, it's their weird settings. So, and when it comes to rating systems as well, the just one point off on the rating system it makes a big difference. So I'm at a loss. Okay, so how big of a difference from 1.5 million? <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. So this one sold for 38,000. Mind well, you, it's a 9.4. The Legend of Zelda broke a record with a 9 solid. 9.0 solid. I knew it was a big difference, but I didn't think it was going to be that big. God. Yep, it's that big Damn. because the game is mass produced. Yes. 
there's nothing rare about the game. It's not old at yeah. all. There's no reason it should have fetched $1.5 million. Yeah. So other copies with that same rating in you know in the mid nines with A ratings. Uh let's see. Oh, here's one right here. Just in January, a 9.2 A plus sold for how much, Manny? Uh, like I said, the auctions are just weird. So after what you just told me on the last one right now, I wouldn't even know. $7,500. God damn. Now, there has been record of this exact game selling at 9.8. Hmm. All fetching in the ballpark of $10,000. Yeah. So it's kind of like... <laughs> This is uh this is definitely something fishy going. Like you know, you got to be a little bit skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. So there's another one on eBay, right? So this is anonymous. This is where you can do the shady shit, right? Yeah. Nine point four A plus plus twenty eight thousand dollars. Shit. So the marginal grading difference cannot be seven figures, dude. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, or like we said right now, the the retro gaming experts are like very skeptical of what the fuck is going on. Oh yeah, dude, this is this is super sketch. Yeah, like you know, there's no way this is, there. There's something fishy going on for sure. You know, this this uh this did remind me of an episode of Pawn Stars. I don't know if you know the show. Pawn Stars. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy actually walked in with a sealed copy. And encased and rated through the water, uh, the water rating system as well, of a second print Super Mario Brothers, and apparently there's no unknown still sealed, uh, first print or second print copies of the game as well right now. So, what I what this reminded me is that he came in tried to sell it to the Pawn Stars sh- uh, show and everything, and what his asking price was one million dollars as well. Really? Was yeah. it a N sixty four? Uh, I'm gonna yeah, it was an NES. No, it was an NES. Oh, it was an NES. Yeah. Okay, see, like I would imagine when vintage games hit the million mark, it would be an NES mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? Like an original Super Mario Brothers, or you know, unsealed with that with that same grading system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Maybe because I don't have a ton of love for the N64, but if you ask me, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here with your N64. <laughs> like, that thing ain't worth shit. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is definitely kind of shady. I, there's got to be something going on. I mean, this literally just uh, broke, what, a day ago? Yeah. So who knows? Maybe there's going to be an update and it's just a big no, prank. That, that one actually finally sold at that final price. Maybe they're going to get caught. <laughs> There'll be another update to this. But yeah, this has me super skeptical on it. I don't think vintage games are there yet. And N64 isn't vintage. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> True. It's nostalgic, but it's not vintage. Yeah, it's a throwback. It's retro, you know? But I wouldn't call it vintage. No, it's not there yet. It's just not there yet. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's just not there. Just definitely not there. <laughs> But all right, Manny, is that the last one? Yep, that's the last one we have for this section of our nerd side. All right, well, 
I'm going to kind of blend us in a little bit here then. So we're, we're going to kind of cross over from both a uh, little bit of video game stuff and our car stuff. Uh, so the, um, the Gold Cup is on. I cannot pronounce the name of the city or whatever it's called worth the life of me. Maybe you could. But uh, the by gold cup you mean the soccer soccer yes. Okay. Can so, you pronounce that? Uh, give me a moment. Where's the city? Oh yeah, Concaf. Okay, cool, sure. So, tournament is on, and Toyota is a big sponsor. Yes. So they decided that they're going to create a video game app for the mm-hmm. phones. Mm-hmm. Now the app is called uh, where is it? Uh. Gold to the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. So basically, the app is a game um, revolving around their Tacoma. And you can kind of like basically race it, right? But the way you're kind of racing it and making the car move is by screaming at the top of your lungs, Goal. <laughs> so basically, the louder and longer the player shouts, Goal the further the vehicle goes. Yeah. Um, All the contestants that play the game, they're registered automatically to win a lease. I know know kind of like... I feel like Mexicans are going to win this. I mean, the good possibility. Because those Mexican commentators are just like scream gold for like... A kid is just going to fucking walk into the living room and just record their tío. True, (laughs) true. But this is what kind of got me laughing. Basically, it's for a 2021 Tacoma. Yes, because the Gold Cup is for, is for this year as well. Yes, yes. And just in time, because uh, the Copa America just finished right now with Argentina becoming the champion. Yep. And the, the thing that kind of got me laughing is that you're not winning the truck to keep. There's a vehicle shortage, Manny. You're winning a lease. Uh, <laughs> what? I shit you not. You're winning a lease of a Tacoma. <laughs> That's shady. I was just shady. There's, I mean, they're pretty blatant in front of you, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just bad memories with dealerships and leases. You know, it's the fine print, right? Because you know everybody's gonna say, "Oh, win a Tacoma!" Like they're gonna blindside everything. Just win a Tacoma. And then they're going to find, oh, I want a lease. <laughs> uh, the, the reason I say just bad memories is because uh, when me and my dad were looking for a car for my mom, we were thinking like something like SUV, just not too big, though. And we were thinking about a Chevy Traverse. And we were on like Auto Trader and a bunch of other like um, car shopping websites and everything. And we kept seeing dealerships, especially specifically Chevy dealerships. that were like saying all oh, 2018s, 2019s. For like twenty six thousand dollars, and the one we uh, the and we literally went to six dealerships, Long Beach, Huntington, and quite a few others. I just can't remember which locations they were, but every single one rejected us because they said that all oh, that price that was listed on Auto Auto Trader and everything was for lease, not for sale. Wow. Okay. And at one point, I I can't remember which dealership it was because we we were. Uh, we were already getting so agitated, like that we weren't thinking straight on this shit, honestly. But there was one dealership where the salespeople were actually getting agitated with us because we didn't want to sign the contracts for the lease instead of buying. 
Okay, got yeah. Well, I mean, they make more money on that end. Exactly. Yeah, and we just kept telling them. We just kept telling them. Like, so you, like, we have the money available through a line of credit. Why can't we just buy? It's like no, no, it's gotta be lease. I was like, chinga tu madre. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of like the uh, the myth of when you're buying a car, right? Yeah. This isn't really like, it's not like the 50s. You can't go in with cash and expect to get a better deal anymore. No, we didn't care about the deal. We just wanted to like... Yeah, no, I'm just saying just in general, they're going to they're gonna work it to where they make the most money. Yeah. No. Because more than likely those salesmen, if they still have salesmen, there's some dealerships that's actually got rid of commissioned salesmen. Mm-hmm. And they just have regular hourly stuff going, yes. you know? Which I'm assuming is nicer because you don't have to deal with, you know, hard-pressed guy chasing you through the parking lot as soon as you park the car, you know? Yes. But, uh, oh, back to what I was saying, a lot of people still think that, you know, they can come in with cash and get a better deal. But, you know, the dealerships don't really own the cars anymore. Mm -hmm. So they make more money off the finance. And even if they didn't, I mean, to them it doesn't matter. You know, they're not getting any extra bonus because you paid cash. You're not paying the dealership. You're paying a bank for the loan. So more than likely with the lease stuff, because the company makes more money off of those, more than likely they get a better uh, commission check. Oh, definitely. So that, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, to that, even when I went to go trade in the Type R, I actually had to deal with those, like... uh, you know, the roaming sharks in the ocean, you know. As soon as I parked the car, I kind of was waiting because Saida was kind of pulling up behind me in the wagon. Yeah. But she was, like, you know, a little bit further away behind me. So I pull up, I park, and I see them in my mirror, like, you know, the those little seagulls from um, Finding Nemo? Oh, mine, mine, mine Yep, mine. yep. <laughs> you see them kind of perch up and look. They look at the car, and then they start, like, Perking their head around, kind of like looking at each other, like which one's going to start walking over there. Oh, yeah. And this guy, the guy that ended up helping me, literally walked out and almost stood outside the car until I got out. Oh, shit. Like, not like next to it. He was within like seven feet, which is still pretty fucking close to just be hovering, waiting for me to get out of the car, you know? He was prowling his prey. Yeah, he was like, oh, trade in, trade in, trade in, new finance, get you in a new truck. What's up? So yeah, they're they're a little bit vultury sometimes, mm-hmm. and I you know we I think we talked about it in the shoot last year right around last year about yeah. some of the dealers kind of phasing out their salesmen and some bad experiences with other dealerships. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, I mean back to the the game itself. Yeah. Scream goal and win a lease. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. I guess. I mean, I I just thought it was funny that it was a lease. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just go over there and just scream at it and see if I can get my tow truck. Okay. Use it as a tow rig, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's roll into the next one. All righty. So we have a PSA announcement. Yes. So this was actually brought up um, in one of our group chats. Mm-hmm. You know, a little group chats with some of the boys yes. for our, our car people, right? Yes. And they put a a repost of somebody like a, I think it was a tuner, right? Yeah, like multiple tuner shops that were reposting this one picture. Yeah, they were reposting a picture about um, 
the bar bar OS mm-hmm. OIS, right? And that's the program for the smog machines. Yes. Basically saying that as of July 19th, 2021, that they will start uh, searching the ECU for tunes. Basically, if your um, software does not match OEM stuff, it's going to flag you down and fail you. Oh, those tunes. I was thinking of music. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Not not music tunes. Not music tunes. (laughs) So... Um, I wanted to look it up myself, as I always tend to do, right? Mm-hmm. I hear something, I'm just like, well, let me look it up, see what it's about, and and break it down. Because they, the post kind of just said, hey, get your smogs now. If you fail, it's going to be automatic state riff and like all this craziness, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me look into it. Let me see what's going on. So a little bit of education. The bar OIS is the um, smog chepic smog check equipment that's required right for inspecting um pretty much cars that are 2000 and newer and this also includes diesels 98 and newer oh shit really yeah so even though um obd2 started in 95 yeah i don't know how it affects those Hmm. but this is specifically for 2000 and up at least this specific one. I'm not sure if the prior OBD2s are going to have the something similar to find software in it. I'm not sure. So, but specifically, this is for 2000. Now, the screenshot that was being shared by a lot of these tuning shops is. I at first I thought it was a website, so I was looking for a URL. I'm like, I don't see anything on here, you know. That was actually a picture of the software itself, like the with actual computer screen of the of the smog equipment. Yeah, with an update, like an update announcement. Yeah, with a message board, basically. Yeah. So it's unclear, you know, as far as older than 2000. Obviously, OBD1 is still probably in the clear with the uh, regular sniffers and visuals, you know? And it's still unclear about the whole site about being state refed and everything. No, it no. is not. Nope, it is not unclear. So, like I said, I, I do go through and I'll try to vet everything out as clear as possible so we can give out the best information as possible, right? Yeah. So, the the state ref thing came from basically um, revisits, right? Mm. So, a ref, will, a ref will inspect your car or whatever and then send you for a smog, basically. If you fail with that software program, right? and you were initially there because of a state ref, they will kick you back out to a state ref. Oof. Yeah, so that's kind of where it came from. If you were a star, uh, you were supposed to get a star certified smog, and they flagged you for that software, you do not get state refed. Hmm. If you get if you get flagged for that stof- software on a star, you do have to fix it, because it'll be in the system, and you have to return to a star certified smog. Yes. Again. So basically, whatever you started off with, you have to go back to that thing. It's not going to redirect you to something else, is basically what it was. Okay. I'm not sure how they interpreted it to be an automatic state ref, because that's not what I'm reading over here. Well, that's what I, that was why, uh, I think that was what I was trying to get at, like it would be an automatic state ref. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's not. So um, basically what they're looking for is obviously anything with the software, because they're considering anything... Uh, that messes with the emissions, yes. of course. So they're they're considering 
any software is considered modified and that's considered part of emissions. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're flagging it, right? Um, now, obviously, they said you can contest it. If you contest it, then you got to go to a ref. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty much the way they said it. If you feel that you... uh. That you know something's not correct, that it should be stock, and you know you should have passed or whatever. They will send you to a ref to get that checked out. Okay, and that's where you can kind of like contest it and I I guess try to fight it. I don't know <laughs> who really would. And it's kind of a shame when you look at it in the overall spec, right? Because it says here that they're projecting five to ten vehicles a day will fail it. Ooh, that's not a lot. When you think about know, probably know, the amount of smogs number. in California, it's very targeted to a very small group of people. Yeah. If you really think about it, right? Five to ten five to ten cars a day in California that are getting smogged, potentially what? Hundreds of thousands a day? Yeah. Getting smogged at least. I mean, we got thirty percent of the car market. Yeah. Right? We do, we do honestly. <laughs> Millions in population, millions of cars a year, at bare minimum, a couple hundred thousand being smogged a day. And there's five to ten that they're going to flag them for this kind of stuff. Seems a bit, I don't know, to me it seems a little bit ridiculous. So maybe that's why uh, Arkansas, (laughs) for me at least. (laughs) This man. You're going to hate it. (laughs) So... That's kind of like what's going on with that. It's not an automatic state ref. With that said, if you do have 2,000 or newer, <clears throat> until they figure out a way to kind of fake this, maybe source yourself a stock ECU. You know what I mean? At bare, at bare minimum, if you can tell them, hey, you can do the illegal stuff to pass me last time, and I have a stock ECU with no tune, maybe we could still get away with it. But at this point, until they figure out another way, and I, I again, I don't really know how they fake these, how they, you know, fake these to pass most of the time. I'm not sure, but I'd say the best bet would be get a second ECU for yeah. sure. And if it seems like it can be correctable, right? Because from what I'm reading here, it says you can have it fixed, return back, and pass, right? So it doesn't look like it's going to flag you if it's had it in there before. Because I know um, with some of the newer cars, it's going to keep a log, right? It's going to keep data logs in there that'll actually show that you had fucked with it in the past. Yes. So I'm not sure how that's going to work too much, but I know at least if you're probably early 2000s, you're pretty safe if you get yourself a second ECU. And that's probably the best bet at this point. Or register out of state. Yeah, it pretty much just sounds like a non-classic car problem. Whatever, Manny. Not all of us are smog exempt, all right? (laughs) (laughs) But some of us enjoy AC. Not me, but... (laughs) I enjoy the ride regardless. All right, all right. Well, as long as you enjoy the ride, right? So that's kind of what, you know, what the big public service announcement is. Obviously, these logs are only going to get stricter, even if they're only targeting five Mm -hmm. to ten of us a day. So <laughs> that figure is just ridiculous every time I hear it. So this is the battle we're going to be fighting until EV finally takes over. Ooh. Yes. 
Well, and with that... Speaking of EVs. Yes. So, I had you look up a commercial. Yes. <clears throat> so, this was, uh, you know, we kind of already knew for the EV side that Dodge was going to be the last holdout. It really was. Right? We knew they were going to be the last holdout. And, you know, at, at a certain point, it made me a little bit happy. I was like, cool. Like, last hurrah, it give us some ridiculous big motor with big power. That's what you guys do. Awesome. Cool. Like, I'm, I'm for it, you know? But we knew they were going to have to come to it eventually, right? Yes. So, this was the weirdest, weirdest cringiest <laughs> way that they decided to backtrack on making EVs basically it kind of sounded like they were backtracking it was like a black a backtrack trying to justify why they're doing it right like yeah. well we're doing it but cuz we're going to make it cool <laughs> oh, no 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 like the video says like performance made us do it oh my gosh yeah, I was like, what was the 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 taglines, dude? So many quotable taglines for that whole video. So originally, you just saw the the commercial, right? Yeah, I did. And then afterward, I showed you the CEO giving his little speech before the commercial. Yes. Which was worse? The president. The CEO. Yes. The, yeah, the CEO. <laughs> Let's shred the streets, not the plan. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my god, it was amazing. It was just utterly amazing. I was like, are are like are the streets not on the planet? You're still shredding the planet. I, I think one of my favorite was that he said they were always on the innovative point of technology. Their peak moment, basically. Well, no, just in general technology, when they have the literally the most old school motors and their cars are still running old school solid rear axles. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> With old school, just heavy drag cars. Remember their innovation in technology when they made the uh, the Demon faster? Oh, uh, yeah. They removed the passenger seat for weight reduction. <laughs> passenger and back seats. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> and then uh, I think he quoted that their engineers are pushing the practical limits of internal combustion motors. Yeah, that that one I call BS on that shit because I know there's other companies that have made fucking more powerful engines than that. Oh, there's plenty. There's, I mean, uh, Shelby was doing 100% production car, road legal, thousand horsepower GT500s in 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it, it was just a really really weird, like. I guess the only thing missing was a screaming bald eagle in the background. Like, they went <laughs> straight, straight for it, man. <laughs> I I almost want to make that, like, our uh, our um, album, or album, the episode cover photo. Uh, the uh, We Don't Sell EV Cars. We sell American EV Muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the thing they're talking about as well, EV muscle. Yeah, they're taking themselves way too seriously. Like, that's just bad marketing, right? Or is it just me? I, I mean, I've never been a huge Dodge fan, but I was glad that they were still kind of holding out longer for, you know, keeping internal combustion. Yes. 
But I don't know. This this feels like it's just really bad marketing. Well, we'll have to wait and see until 2024. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't really get the same reaction when GM did their weird little logo change. Mm. You remember they changed it and it kind of looks like a... Uh, what is that? General Electric? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it looks like an appliance, like a washing machine logo. <laughs> Which, okay, I you know I get what they were trying to do, but it just didn't really seem as bad as this this whole little thing that they did. Mm-hmm. It it was just really bad. I might even put a link to the video in the show notes, <laughs> <laughs> just in case anybody wants to see it. But. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That That's definitely not going to be exciting. I, I keep wondering if everybody's going to make the push for EV, are we going to have some manufacturers that don't make it? You know what I mean? Because we have Apple and Sony breaking into the market, right? They're trying to build cars to get into the market. That is true, yeah. Are some manufacturers going to be left behind and not make this transition? Do you mean just like auto manufacturers? I mean or auto just... manufacturers. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, just want to clarify on that part. Because uh... I mean, this is a huge industry change, right? It is. It, it's it not is. like a. It's not like the past, right? The past has been like okay, now they got to meet admission standards. They got to meet, you know, fuel fuel efficient ratings and things mm-hmm. like that. Which Dodge never really did a good job. Right, they never really did a good job at fuel, uh, at fuel efficiency. On no, they did anything on literally anything. They just had to build really small, tiny motors on these tiny Dodge Neons to try to get by. Ooh, you know what I mean. So, I've you know, if there's any of them in the, I guess the U.S. market that I feel wouldn't make it, to me, it would be Dodge. <laughs> Because if I'm buying an EV, I'm not going to buy one from Dodge. Yeah. Especially the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What was that, 30, 32 miles or something? Uh, I think it was like 25. It was something remember. really low, really yeah, low. Yeah, it was yeah. really low. But it's just, when I think about EV, I go, okay, Chevy has some experience with the Volt, right? Yes. Um, Ford apparently is doing really well with that Mach-E. It's uh, I think like I, I think we discussed in the past. It's like the number one selling in like Switzerland or something. It is apparently there's like a four or five month waiting list here in the states for them. Really? Yeah, dude. They're they're selling. They're 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 making their impact. I'm I'm curious to see what the sales numbers would be if we didn't have the stupid microchip shortage. That is true. So. I mean, depending on what's ha- happening with that, I, r- I would be really curious to see what the actual numbers would be if it w- they were readily available to everybody. Mm-hmm. But they're making an impact, and they're kind of like, you know, kind of clearing their own way for it, you know? I know they had, like, the Fusion and other stuff that was kind of EV, but, you know, nobody nobody cared about that. <laughs> so it's kind of like which manufacturers will be left behind. Mm-hmm. I... I I can see Dodge struggling, but they're also part of that big uh, Stellantis. Oh, the parent company? Yeah, which is a really, really huge company, at least as far as like groups of manufacturers. Yeah. So speaking of EV cars, uh, you know, 
it's not off the table for me to be purchasing one. You have told me a number of times you were always thinking about a Tesla. Yeah, you know, I fl- autonomous driving, dude. I flirt with it, autonomous driving. I I do have a very long commute. It would be great to uh, chill <laughs> during no, that time. I know, I know how you feel. Yeah, it. it, it I mean, I, obviously, I do it because I know I can do it, and. Oh, wait. No, fuck you. You just fucking get up and go outside. <laughs> it took you this long to catch on? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I was getting my train of thought going. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, obviously I do it because I know I can do it. And I'm okay with it. Given my circumstances, it's it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. But if I could just chill and relax while it drives, it does that long commute for me. Even better. Even better. Now, the one thing is, is that I really feel like I need to, like, drive one, test one, you know, like, kind of have one for a day. Hmm, Okay. You know, maybe we'll go through a Toro or something, but I I need to get my hands on them because uh, I'm sure you've you've read the reports of uh, build quality, right? I did hear, well, I did see something happening with Tesla. Okay, but not like the the specifics of it? No. So this is like build quality issues. So there's a survey that actually does like uh, ratings. So they have a score of like 205 problems per 100 vehicles. Yeah. Which is literally the highest among (laughs) all the automotive brands. Like all of them, you know what I mean? Just... Everything I hear about just really cheap interior panels, uh, fascias, beauty rings, um, panel gaps on the exterior being really, really, you know, off, like really crooked or different where you got like a little uh, 316th gap on one side and a full quarter inch gap on the other, you know? Yeah. So these are some of the things I feel like maybe I do need to kind of go through it up close and personal, drive it and... Maybe uh, <laughs> pick at a couple panels with my fingernail to see if it starts lifting up. You know what I mean? This man. <laughs> I mean, it's got to survive, right? You're going to use the car every day? It's got to survive the nail. It's got to survive just general usage, you know? Or does it have to be super baby before it just falls apart on the interior? Because, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the... the the benefit of going Tesla is that they're a bit more vetted. They have the autonomous driving, and they seem to have the best like uh, range, right? The best range, and you know, kind of the more reputable side mechanically. Yeah. But their build quality is just known for being absolute garbage. <laughs> Which you know, I think I would trust Ford, Chevy, Honda. Toyota building a better interior panel quality and you know structure more you know it's just that they're not they're still kind of new to the EV they are so it's kind of like do I just wait for the car the actual car manufacturers to catch up to Tesla and have a better build or do you just get a Tesla because the mechanics are there but maybe just deal with shitty interior yeah, that's the one thing you have to like think of. Like, which one would be the better trade-off? Yeah, I mean, personally, maybe it's just a few years out. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it is just waiting another couple years, five years, maybe. Yeah. 
shoot, maybe six, just because it seems like everybody's really going to hit it hot in like 2024. Yeah, just don't give it like a couple th- years to just work the be, bugs out. Just don't be like that rich guy that was getting his car, his Teslas impounded. Manny, I can't be like any rich guy, even if I tried. <laughs> Again, what I'm trying to say is that this guy is loaded with money, but will literally sit in the back seat while he'll have his Tesla on a Thomas driving to go to places that he wants to. Gets pulled over because he's not in the driver's seat. They take away the car, they impound it, and he just goes and buys another one. Doesn't even care. I mean, about wouldn't it be the same if I just sit in the driver's seat? That's the weird thing. He just wants to see it, like if he's has a chauffeur, but it's there's no sh- there's no driver. Okay, maybe the verbal commands he named his car Jeeves <laughs> <laughs> or Bitumen or Bitumen yeah. Bitumen. Yes, take me there. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think I gotta get in one. I'm I, you know I'm teasing with the idea. Obviously, right now my main focus is uh, getting track situated right oh yeah that's right that's right yeah getting track situated i'm still eyeballing a couple things and doing some shopping here and there so hopefully in a couple weeks we'll be ready to go but uh yeah then it's back to uh eyeballing those evs for my commute (laughs) or who knows if i wait long enough to make sure that they work the bugs out of that f-150 oh yeah the lightning yeah i could replace tow vehicle and ev True. If they got a good, decent, um, you know, range on them, pick one up. And, you know, in all reality, electric motors, they should be lasting longer than internal combustion. I mean, to have a battery that big, I think it's just more of like, and like high outputs and like. Well, yeah, the batteries will not last that yeah. as long. But I'm talking about the motors themselves. The yes, less yes, less yes. amount of moving components and things like that. Yes, there that should true. be more longevity to go with them, you know? So, I mean, it would be really nice to EV a truck to work that'll drive myself. <laughs> that'll drive me, you know? And use that for the commute. Use that for all the miles, you know? And then, you know, load the trailer up with a race car and have it tow the race car too. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be happy as hell with that have an rc car take your car <laughs> i mean essentially yeah instant torque baby but i guess those are things uh we'll have to just maybe we'll do that we'll we'll do like a little rental and we'll we'll check it out and take it up idle wild canyon <laughs> for sure i mean it will give you a chance to actually see what the test is all about for you and to see if you want to make the decision for one in the future yeah yeah i'm super curious to kind of like really get you know you know put on my uh put on my care my carrying wig and just kind of really get anal about the interior and see see if it'll be anything worth it or just wait <laughs> Karen wig yeah yeah we should we should buy one that'll be our halloween costume manny Ooh, with the sombrero Karen. well you can have the sombrero i'll do the caring and yell at you about cultural appropriation but uh looking at the time manny let's wrap this up and call this an episode bud yeah so you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at unaccepted pod and we do have a website unacceptedpod.com and be sure to like subscribe leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast if you got a question want to send an unaccepted rev send a death threat you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Johnny.